So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, episode 306 for July 11th, 2021. My name is Nathan Reaton Spruth. Joining me this week, we have Connor, the cyberpunk monk, Besh. It is 7-Eleven day, which I think means you get a free Slurpee if you go into 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, living in Chicago and you'd see people on the L with like old KFC buckets. <laughs> and they'd be walking into 7-Elevens and coming out just filled with slushy juice. Hey, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of slushies. Um, mainly because I like drink... content that I do. Well, that's true. Um, but, th- but then I just like ice. Because the problem I have with slushies is that I drink the flavoring and then it's just ice. Yeah, and, that happens sometimes. Yeah, and so I would ju- just rather get some cold ice or an- another cold beverage. But... If it's free, it's free, right? So like sometimes uh, when I'm getting out of the gym, or if I'm just like if it's a hot day or something like that, I'll get like a lot of places have ices or slushies or whatever now too. It's a it's become a bit of a guilty pleasure even. Uh, my significant other has been leaving the a bunch of Italian ices at my house, right and on, those are right those on. are really good. I I eat a lot of those, and uh, yeah. So it's been really hot here lately. Anyway, uh, what, uh, what, what, where can we find you? Where can we find you? You could find me and all of my social media links at aroa.website, a nice little uh, tool that we've got set up here to keep all of this nice and concise. I do want to particularly point out one of them, Clinton's Core Classics. It is a Pathfinder 1st Edition playthrough of Rise of the Rune Lords. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we got a good comment on on that from it was like a youtube comment or something i've i don't know exactly where because it was sent by uh our good pal aiden who is one of the members of clinton's core classics and it it basically said he likes that we're we're all pretty good and we we get along pretty well uh which which is nice it was it was a nice comment if you want to pull that up and read it uh we'll at least mention that comment here on the the podcast uh, but while you Here's do that, stop for like 15 more seconds. I was gonna do that. While you do that, uh, I'm gonna say you can find me Nathan Reed Spruth everywhere at Reeton. So at Reeton on Twitter, which you won't see for another week because I have been temporarily suspended. Uh, and then also I'm on YouTube at Reeton, and the, you're mainly gonna be finding me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Reeton, and follow me there. I stream Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time. This podcast is Reet and Podcast. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your friends to listen to the podcast every single week. Uh, we miss a couple of weeks here and there, but usually uh, we're, we're doing it, you know, 52 weeks a year or so. Uh, did you find that comment? I sure did. Comment reads as follows. Hey, guys, I have no feeling for whether you were going to read this or not but I genuinely love your show. Inspired me to play it alongside with a group of friends of my own. I follow your podcast on Spotify and like to reiterate the episodes close before we come to those parts ourselves to get some impressions and ideas. It's just so much fun hearing you play and joke with each other. You seem to be really nice people. I was really sad in the pause you took right after Clinton's PC caught on fire 
and thought it might be forever. Since I have no idea if it's possible to contact you anywhere, I thought, why not try here? Keep it up. Uh, what I would do if I were you... First off, thank you. If, if whoever's listening to this, uh, if, if that person listens to this podcast as well, which they don't, uh, thank you. Uh, but what I would say <laughs> is, why not? Because the problem is with the way that we edit the videos is that or the Clinton's Core Classics is we are like a year ahead in in right, recording decided on a crazy recording schedule yeah so what what i would suggest doing because i like reading the comments obviously if they're nice comments i like reading them on air um especially since both our podcasts read and podcasts and clinton's course pretty small uh why don't you kind of edit the beginning if we do get comments like that uh why not read one or two of them before one of the recording like a newer recording and just kind of interject it before or after the podcast. I could. I, I I'm taking the editor's standpoint of if I paused and read this. Well, I, what, like like if somebody did that on a podcast I was listening to, and I just wanted to listen to that podcast, I'd probably just skip it. Well, like, here's here's I, what I, I would I get say. The, the 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 point of adding it. I do. I would like to see more comments. If only, hey, that was a super nice thing to say. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to fish for it. Well, okay, but here's the thing. Why not just do it after the podcast? So when we're like, goodbye, everyone, leave like a few seconds of silence and then be like, hey, we got a comment. Here's a nice comment that we got. Uh, And if you leave comments, there's a possibility we'll mention it at the end of one of our episodes. It's almost a guarantee. If it's, you know, five stars and it uh, doesn't seem like it's creepy. (laughs) Yeah. I think that Connor has a sexy voice, and you'd just be like, I'm putting that in there. I got to put it. <laughs> I got to do it. Um, but let's move on. Uh, did you have a Warhammer moment? I did not play Warhammer this weekend. I didn't really even get to paint them. I haven't done much of nothing. I played a whole uh, 30 minutes of Space Station 13, and that was today. Was that uh, one game, or is that that's like half a game? That was uh, out a quarter of a game, you know, a third or so. Yeah, and it it, it it was a good round because they needed a security guy, and luckily I could pummel some heads when it comes to it. I played a little bit of Ancestry Humankind, which uh, I was kind of hoping a row would be here to talk to him about that. I played a little bit of Soul Calibur Six because you talked about it like two weeks ago, and it was I don't know eight bucks or something like that. And it's pretty good. Is, is it just me or is Soul Calibur really cinematic now? It is really cinematic. Uh, I pl- what what did you play? I th- played through like the adventure campaign thing. Mm-hmm. Not just because I there's like like. Sorry, uh, go on. I played like four fights. Two of them with death. Two of them with Astaroth. One of them with Nightmare, and then one of them is some new dude who has a funny name. And the whole time, I was just like, I'm, I'm spending a lot of this round watching dramatic flips and stuff. That's, that's Was Soul Calibur always like that? I feel like it wasn't always like that. I think it was always kind of like that. Um, especially, well, especially in the newer ones. Maybe not the, the original when it, when it released as Soul Edge, but... Back Soul Edge, right? Soul Calibur 1 for the Dreamcast. It was such a great fighting game. And... Oh, so good. But, they, but even then, okay. it had... Um, 
not necessarily cinematic elements, but they had like that journey thing you could go on that had like weird stories and stuff. And like I, they've I always had like that. that. Even the stories that were always you know crazy and silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna shout out in particular the one with Spawn and the one with Link were ridiculous, but yeah. the the fighting itself has gotten very flashy and we've we've trailed on for quite some time on this. We don't need to go on anymore. Uh, I also played uh, Assassin's Creed Rogue again, 15 minutes per night. It's it's like a really good game to play. We're going to bed because you can put it down, pick it up. What's going on? Oh, none of this matters. Yeah, yeah. None of it. None of it's mattered since like Assassin's Creed Three, I think. Yeah. Uh, I again, I haven't on? played Templar's them. Templar's evil. I don't know. Templar's evil. Something. Something. You got a chicken as an assassin. Something like that. I'm gonna collect all of these shiny things that you put on my map, and there's not a damn thing you could do to stop me. I mean, there probably are things they could do to stop you, but I understand what you're saying. Except I unlocked the grenades that allow you to blow up walls, so now there really is nothing to stop me. Unless oh. it's like, you haven't progressed far enough in the game, and in which case, yeah, they could stop me. They they did that. Uh, d- there was a game called, I don't know, it might be something you heard of, a Deus Ex Human Revolution. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, and I was trying to do a pacifist run, uh, which I broke because I got something called punch through wall. And I was like, I'm going to punch through this wall. And I punched through it. And there was a guy on the other side. And I thought at the most, it'll just knock him out. Nope. Breaks his neck. Nope. And it dramatically, it's, it's not like I punched this wall and oh no, the debris got you. It's I punched this wall. I see you. I go terminator on you. Adam Jensen, you are a monster. And that was not necessary. Yeah. Uh, but, but yes, I, I, I understand blowing up walls can be very effective for uh, getting around places. So it's, it's basically the cheesers extraordinaire. You played a lot of games. It so- sounds like not really. You didn't play a lot. You didn't spend a lot of time, but you played quite a few games. Sure. It is fair. Yeah. Uh, and no Warhammer stuff. I, or did you have anything else before I, before I go? Uh, I played Pathfinder, started a new campaign. We're doing Skull and Shackles, playing an oh, old good. man. It's a lot of fun. Oh, good. That's not on Clinton's Core Classics. That is not on Clinton's Core Classics. That is on my personal group's game during the weekends. You're not invited. Okay, cool. Good. I'm happy about that. I don't want to be invited. Um, we're going to move on to me. I played uh, Final Fantasy Eleven because I got nostalgic... And Durga, my friend Durga was like, yeah, I'll play Final Fantasy XI. And so... He's an I, enabler. He enabled you. It's, 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 it's terrible. It's a terrible thing to do. But uh, I'm having fun. I actually joined a Link Shell. It's surprising. Now, I know they've, they've gotten rid of some servers and like, like by merging servers together over the years. Um, but like at the heyday of Final Fantasy XI... Per server, there'd be about five to 6,000 people on at peak times. So, you know, pretty populated servers back then. Uh, I'm just surprised because every time I check on the server that I'm on, there's like 2,500 to 3,000 people. Which, yes, it's, not a people. it's half of what, do you, you have, know. Do you have any numbers for like, uh, what's the word, concurrent players? I don't have any numbers on 
on uh you know I, I haven't looked up like oh how many concurrent players does final fantasy 11 continue to have um but you know i was just i know i know that i'm on the most populated server for america um and 2,500 to 3,000 people on at a time is pretty good. Uh, I know that, so the one that I'm on, which is Asura, um, yeah, it's the most populated American server, you know, like English-speaking server. And then there's, uh, I think it's Bismarck or something like that, is the most populated Japanese server. So there are still quite a few people playing that game. Uh, you know, concurrently, because I've seen Ste- like brand new Steam releases that can't get a thousand people on at one time. Mm-hmm. So, Final uh, Fantasy XI has, at least it had in uh, March 19th of 2020, one day away from my birthday, 40,000 players a month. That's 40K players, Nathan. 40K. I. <laughs> it's not Warhammer. Don't do it. You can't get little figurines and paint. I'm they need to. Signing up. They need to make a Warhammer game. This guy's got game. red robes. They need to make a... Um, you're probably looking at a Red Mage. Uh, but Yes, yes, I am. Yeah. They need to make a Warhammer game. Because they, they have a lot of Warhammer games. Um, and not even have it be a tabletop one, but where you can literally paint your characters before you play as them. Like, you can go with default paint, but it would be funny just to have, like complete customization where you could like paint the individual you things could do on that it. in the in space marine can you uh-huh that's um, awesome and it, you, you could also do it dependent on your faction so if you spawn as chaos you could either be a um chaos space marine of nurgling a plague knight you could be a noise marine you could be a, a coronet uh, i think you could be, even be chaos undivided oh that's cool uh so I also played. I'm going to move on. I did some things in Final Fantasy XI, but nothing really noteworthy. I got some trusts. Um, I, I unlocked uh, what's called Shatter, or uh, unlocked the next progression. So once you get to level 50 in Final Fantasy XI, uh, you have to start doing what's called Shattering Stars because the original level cap was 50. And then once they released their first expansion, they moved that from 50 to 75. Uh, and so every five levels that you gain, you have to do a new quest so you can get to the next five levels because you're, you're breaking your limits or that's your, what they call limit breaks. You're breaking your limits. Um, and yeah, they, they've continued that on. So I've got to do one more of those quests once I get to 95 and then I'll be able to get to level 99. So I, I do think it's funny. They still have, have that in there. Uh, it's kind of an old school thing, but I, I like it more than just, hey, you bought an expansion, you can level up now. Like, you actually kind of have to work for it. Anyway, right. uh, it's not like none of the quests are hard, but whatever. So It's an MMO. It's all about uh, loading bars and giving you a reason to log back in again. They do have some things to make it easier. So there's something called uh, trusts that you can get, mm-hmm. and what trusts are is you can basically summon three NPCs to party with you so that you can do content solo, which is pretty nice. That is a great idea. And I have for a long time proposed, well, back in the the Burning Crusade days of WoW anyways, had proposed uh, a similar feature be available for people who didn't want to, you know, party with assholes. 
Yeah, and so, like, obviously, like, it, it's basically for leveling, right? To actually just kill monsters and level so you don't have to get a giant party together to do it. But uh, you can get, like, white mages to heal you and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. When For the Shattering Stars one, for the, for the Breaking the Limits thing, um, when you get to level 75, you have to fight a super tough monk named Mott. M-A-A-T, not M-A-T, it's weird. And uh, in order to get him as one of your NPCs, because you actually have to go to the NPCs or do a quest for them and talk to them, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, here, I'll let you be a, or I'll be a trust for you so you can summon me. And in order to get him to do that, you have to have six jobs that you have fought him with and beaten him, and then he'll finally be like, yeah, sure. But you have to go through the quest to beat beat him six times. Uh, the I actually good, think that's really cool. It is. But the good thing is, once you've unlocked the ability to get to higher levels, you don't have to do that for every job. So like, once you get Black Mage up to level 100 or 99, uh, if you're leveling up Red Mage, you don't have to go through those same quests again. You can just level it up to 99. Anyway. Sense. Anyway. Uh, I'm having fun. Uh, who knows how long I'm going to be having fun, but for now I'm having fun. Another game I'm having fun with is Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Yeah. Um, eating people is fun. Uh, yeah. I, I went through the... So at the beginning of the game, they're like, hey, do you want to take this quiz and we'll determine what race you are or you can just make your character and choose what race you want to... Or, yeah, race you want to be, whatever. And I was like, okay. I'll do the quiz. And they were like, hey, we think you're a Nosferatu. And I was like, no. No, that sounds like Uh, a bad idea. (laughs) Because, and we've spoken about it before, Nosferatu are like the old school, we look like demons, or we look like vampires. Uh, And that's bad because you can't like do anything. Like you you run up to people and they'll just instantly run away from you. It's it's bad. Yeah. And so I, I backed away and I, choose, I chose something else called the Malkavian. And apparently, playing Malkavian is also a bad idea. Uh, because I've gotten a few new followers because of this game. And they're like, oh, choosing Malkavian is your starting class. Like, first time you play through it, it's pretty rough. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, they're crazy. And I was like, oh. And I mean, like, they hear voices type of crazy, and they speak, like, all poetically. Um, right. So sometimes what you mean to say isn't what comes out, and it ends up offending people, which I've had Boy, a problem don't with. I know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know how that goes, too. Uh, but so far, uh, it's a good game. I've had a little bit of a snag. The only problem I have is... It's one of those games, kind of like Fallout, uh, where you can like put points into different stats, and I always put it into like computers and lock picking stuff like that. And you know, Fallout, remind me before we move on. I got something to say about that. Okay, and with Vampire, there's sections where they force you to go into fighting. Like, there's no way to talk your way out of it. And considering I wasn't leveling up my firearms or my melee. It ended up being uh, I had to cheese one of the bosses by hiding behind a chair and then just like ducking like I duck behind the chair 
he would fire his shotgun a few times. I would raise up, shoot him once or twice with my shotgun, and then duck again. Like, it was bad. I had to abuse the AI to be able to win that fight. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, other than that, great game. I'm having fun. I downloaded the unofficial patch, so it runs a little bit better. It has, like, a better resolution and all that. Uh, One thing I did notice was that I have a 144 hertz monitor, and reading through the comment section, apparently if you run it at over 90 hertz or 90 frames a second, uh, it makes doors not work correctly. So you have to, so you have to go into the command line and uh, change the max FPS to ninety, and then it it's fixed. Remind Anywho, me what engine that game runs in. I have no idea. Uh, Unreal is, something. Is it, is it un- Wait, Let me check that. I think quick. it's Unreal. Unreal two probably the Masquerade Bloodlines uh, engine. It is. A uh, source? Yeah, source engine. That's what I thought. I wonder if that's a problem in like Counter Strike and stuff. Uh, right, probably like, I wonder not. What, uh, specifically about Vampire the Masquerade's doors get all borked up. That's interesting. Yeah, the only it, well, other game yeah. I specifically know that had like gameplay affecting issues that were tied to frame rate was the original Deus Ex, which I want to say its clock speed was very similarly based off the. It was frame based rate off the C- It was based off the CPU. Yeah. So if your computer's too good, they just zoom. Yeah. Um, the one of the newer games, I believe, is Resident Evil Two. The newer Resident Evil Two that was released. If you're mm-hmm. the higher your frame rate, the more damage your knife does. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they actually, I think, when they're doing speed runs, you are required to run it at a maximum of 120 frames a second because if you run it at higher uh it's actually easier because the knife does more damage makes sense higher fps higher dps more stabs per second you know i i guess i i don't think that's exactly how it works i think that's how it works no uh what were you going to say about fallout oh right um so between uh you know this whole nasty covid debacle i I think i'd sort of got interested in uh miniature gaming and yeah. the way that it happened for me is one of my good friends, um, our mutual friend Alex, was like, hey, I played Warhammer as a kid, and I think everyone would really like it. And I tried it out, and, uh, you know, I, I, I stuck that needle right in my vein, and now I get it shivers at night if I don't play Warhammer in a week. Um, and, and that was fine, but we had the issue where I was locked up in COVID and going crazy and painting because I couldn't look at a screen anymore. I had to do something else, and... Now I have a really big army, and a lot of my other friends are like, oh, well, that's that's a lot of money to spend on plastic, dude. I'm not sure if I can, you know, do that much. However, my buddy pulled me to the side the other day during D&D and said, hey, we should try this game out. And he handed me the role-playing core rulebook for Fallout Wasteland Warfare. Um, it's a role-playing game, so it's not like, you know, we're doing skirmishes and battles and tactics. And it's based off the Fallout system, but... You could do, like, I was kind of looking at, like, what faction I wanted. They have a whole bunch of mini super mutants. I was thinking the NCR Rangers would be a cool one for me. Uh, a lot of this is based off of Fallout 4, so they got the Minutemen. It, it's it's neat. Um, I'd recommend you look it up if, uh, if you like Fallout. Yeah. And tabletop miniature games. There are certain games I want to play through. Um, I know you like Shadowrun. 
Um, I do like Shadowrun. You like Shadowrun quite a bit, and you want to run one of those. Um, I would like to play through like a Star Wars game. I think that would be fun. Uh, not necessarily everyone being a Jedi or something, but that would be still be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I played a little bit of World of Darkness back in the day, but it wasn't really like it wasn't as good as as what we're playing right now. And what I mean is like the DM wasn't as good and the people weren't as good. So mm-hmm. I would like to play through World of Darkness, which is coincidentally enough similar to vamp. It is it is part of the Vampire of the Masquerade stuff, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that is correct. And then also, of course, I want to play the Know Your Role uh, WWE D20 game. One of these days, we will actually meet and we'll play a game. We'll get uh, you and me and that piece of shit Durga, maybe. <laughs> yes. It'll be fun. All right, let's let's move on. We we got we got more stuff we got to talk about uh for for this is video a games. This 30-minute and... that we just did. Holy cow. It happens. So, uh let's move on to some stories and the biggest news story this week. Uh they're finally doing it. They're finally releasing a new Switch that is not upgraded at all. It sure is a new Switch with a nice screen on it. It has is, a nice screen. Uh, what point six inches bigger? Uh, point eight, I think. Point yeah, eight. So, it's that's a big difference. Currently, they have a six point two inch screen on the new on the on the original Switch, and the new screen is they are making a OLED, and it's seven inch. It's a seven inch screen instead of being the six point two. So it will have uh, better colors uh, and like darker blacks, but. The and they also they've changed the design of it so that when you use the kickstand, the kickstand extends the entire length of the switch. I do like that. I like that as well. But uh, and then they also made it so that the docking station has a built-in Ethernet cable or Ethernet jack. So, but they have not upgraded the specs at all. So you're still running with the same GPU and CPU, same amount of RAM, same amount of storage. Uh, the battery life, I do not believe, is improved. And they also have not... They're still using the same Joy-Cons they've used, they previously used, which means there still might be some Joy-Con drift going on. Uh, and it's $350 retail. I don't think it's if you already have a switch this is not worth it. If you already have a switch this is not worth the price for an upgrade. However, if you don't have a switch and you're on the fence or you're thinking about it or you just haven't been able to get one or whatever, my testimony is that the switch is the best Game Boy that I've ever owned hands down. Yeah. If you even think about playing games portably, if you're ever responsible for your own entertainment, pick up a switch and keep it in your pocket. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I just wish it was more. I wish they would have not. I, I know a lot of people were like, oh, they're going to do a Switch Pro. It's going to be 4K. You're going to they're going to have DLSS implemented on it so that it can run at 4K. And I was like, I don't even care about that. I just want a good 60 frames a second in 1080p. And they're not going to be able to, to supply that. I don't like, even care about 1080p on a handheld. It could be 720p. Yeah. And that's another thing is the OLED screen is great, but it's still 720p. Right. And Which is silly. Silly. 
It's silly. Most of the games I play on Switch, or would like to play on Switch, are from like GameCube and back. They'll live. It's okay. Give I us know. what we want, Nintendo. Yeah, like it. It. They're going to release an, a new Switch at some point that is more powerful, but that might be a year or two from now. The for right Probably now, I believe. I believe in October is when they were going to release this new 7-inch screen. And I, again, I just wish it would have been slightly upgraded to, like, 1080p screen uh, with a better, like, a slightly better GPU and CPU. It didn't even need to be 4K and, like, massively great. Like, just slightly better would have been better. So, the Switch OLED model is out on October 8th, 2021, which is the same day as Metroid Dread. Uh, it'll come with two options, which are white and uh, neon red slash blue Joy-Con. Uh, so one's red and one's blue. Uh, and then a black unit uh, with a black unit and a black dock. So the white one comes with a white uh, white Joy-Cons, white dock, white switch. And the other one comes with a black switch and black dock. And then the uh, red and blue Joy-Con set. Uh, so which one are you picking up? Uh, the uh, none of them. None of them. You're I'm you're not. not you I'm don't not. want the you don't want the bigger screen. Nah. If they would have made it like eight inch, that that would be cool. But they're just like, hey, we have a little bit of room. We're just gonna make it a tiny bit bigger. To be fair, and, there is a pretty big bezel on the normal switch. Yeah, I mean it's it's fine. It's fine. It's a great system. I, and I will, I'll even go as far as to say, I'm not in a hurry for the upgraded Switch. It'll be great, and it'll show up when it's ready to show up. But the second that you release a new standard for hardware, publishing houses now need to be conscientious of that. And I think there's still some life to get out of the Switch yet. I think it's still got some great games ahead of it. And yeah. And if they upgraded the hardware, then, and without calling it like a true Switch Pro, that yeah, I don't think it would be successful. Yeah, so, uh, new Switch, 350 going to be available October 8th. Uh, no one's going to be able to buy it because scalpers are the worst. Let's move on, and we're going to talk about politics. Actually, not politics. We're going to talk about right to repair. And the current president of the United States signed an executive order, uh, which doesn't necessarily make right to repair a law in the United States, but it's urging to the, basically urging the government to create a right to repair uh, system and the theory was that we knew that they were going to uh there there had been rumors circulating for a couple of weeks now that there was going to be an executive order on right to repair but a lot of places were thinking that it was going to lean more towards uh john deere tractors which do you have anything to say about that you you know anything about tractors um no, not really. So what they've done, and I, I knew about this, is that John Deere Tractors has locked themselves, has locked the, their users, which are mainly people who work on farms and stuff, uh, into their system. Kind of like Apple. It's weird. Oh, so yes, you, I did know that. All of their parts are proprietary, specifically for the, the John Deere ecosystem. Yeah, and so you can't actually repair your own tractors. You have to go to their inflated prices 
to get your tractor repaired. And so they were thinking that this executive order would mainly be focused around John Deere tractors uh, and, and repairing those. And that is in the executive order. Uh, but what, what they weren't sure of was the other stuff that was going to be in there, which there is a section, uh, which I don't have pulled up, but it basically says uh, that you're, you will be able to service and third-party people will be able to service uh, cell phones and other electronic equipment because Apple famously likes locking people into their ecosystem, just like John Deere. So that way you can't get it repaired. You have to take it to them to get repaired. Uh, but it also said that manuals and schematics have to be supplied to third-party uh, repair shops. So that, uh, and so that, and you can't block the supplies because uh, Rosa, there's a guy on YouTube. I'm sure you know about him. I can't remember his name right now. He's huge in the right to repair. Uh, he actually had his uh, shop raided by the government to get rid of such stuff or to grab stuff that he had purchased from China or whatever, uh, like screens for iPhones and batteries for iPhones and stuff, because they, he wasn't, uh, I guess, legally allowed to have them, which is bullshit because he was just running a repair shop. So he had a bunch of his assets seized, even though he technically, I don't think he was breaking the law. Um, uh, that, that was the United States, of course. That was in the United States, yeah. Um, they're also, country. yeah, it's shit. It's shit. Uh, they're also in it allowing or rest about restoring net neutrality, which is, of course, something we've spoken about. That net neutrality is a big thing that we need to have in the United States. That way, there will be, you know, fewer reasons to be price gouged. Uh, right now, unfortunately, the FCC, uh, it's th there's five members of the FCC typically. Um, or yeah, the FCC commissions, but one of them, Ajit Pai, I don't believe he's there anymore. So it's two, two, and there's two Republicans and two Democrats. So the current administration has to get another Democrat in there to be able to pass anything. So, uh, hopefully net neutrality will be restored. I think that this is for the most part, a pretty good, uh, executive order. Have you read through any of it? Uh, the actual executive order itself? No. Have you read any any little tidbits on it at all? Or, or is it just from what you got from me? It's just what I got from you in reading from the CNET.com article. Yeah. Like, I, I think that right to repair is important. But I'm, we're not yet at a point where it's actually being impacted. We're just saying we're doing something about it. Yeah, it's not the the problem is this executive order is kind of more of a guideline of what we what we need to do in the future, but it is a, a good step in the right direction because you know literally that so that guy I can't remember his name he has gone to like different state legislators. And was like, hey, we need to do right to repair, blah, 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 and like put forward his case. And it turned out that one time Republicans literally laughed at him for proposing right to repair, which is cruel. 
That's just that's bullshit. Like, we should be able... We buy the thing. If we buy something that's ours, we should be able to do what we need with it. And if we need, if we right. want to repair it, we should be able to repair it. Um, even... Uh, what's his name? Uh, he's kind of well-known. Uh, Steve Wozniak, I think. Nobody what? knows about WizWaz. <laughs> uh, now, Steve Wozniak made a video saying that he supports right to repair because when him and Steve Jobs founded Apple, he he loved having other people be able to fix their stuff. So when they would ship out their Apple, like the first Apple computers and the Apple II computers, he would give all the schematics so you could go in there and fix it yourself, which is awesome. Uh, and I am... I, written. I know. I know the profits of the written. company. What? You make a lot more money if you control the means to keep your products functional. Man. And if they can't fix their products, then they have to buy the new one when we release it for another two hundred extra dollars in a month. Yep. Uh, what I would say is the um, money, Nathan. I think that the workers should control the means of production. And let's move on. Uh, I think the FBI should control the means. Of <laughs> I do not think the FBI should control the means of production, but I think we spoke about this briefly. Uh, the FBI Honeypot Pixel 4a is getting detailed in a new, new report. So, uh, if you didn't know, the FBI was coming out with a, an app called Anom. Uh, and the, the idea was that Anom uh, was super secure and encrypted, which it probably was, honestly, very, very encrypted. Uh, but it was also sending all the information back to the FBI because they were specifically targeting people who were like running terrorist groups or, or drug dealers, stuff like that. Um, so I got this Ars Technica article up. It said, last month authorities disclosed that the FBI and Australian Federal Police secretly operated an encrypted device company called Anom. The company sold 12,000 smartphones to criminal syndicates around the world. These were pitched as secure devices, but were actually honeypot devices that routed all messages to an FBI-owned server. The disclosure was uh, light on details, but now that it's public, Anom phones are being unloaded on the secondary market. That means us normal people finally are finally getting a look uh, at them, starting with Vice article detailing one of the devices. Um, and it basically says that the, they weaponized the Android modding community uh, and then has been uh, some Android devices have uh, unlockable bootloaders, which, may, which allows you to wipe the original operating system and replace it with your own operating system called a ROM. Weird. Uh, the Anom devices that Vice got was a Pixel 4a, one of the most developer-friendly devices out there. The FBI's custom ROM shows an Arcane OS boot screen and it's replaced the normal Google Android distribution with FBI skin of Android 10. So I wonder if these devices are going to be for sale for cheap because they are these FBI-controlled devices. Uh, I wonder, A, You're how smart, cheap they're going to be. You would sell it like with the, the utility of that packed into the price? Yeah. But like as actual use? I wouldn't use this as my phone. I don't even do anything bad with my phone, and I wouldn't do this with my phone. 
I wouldn't either, but but the thing is, because it does have an unlockable unlocked bootloader, you could just override the FBI operating system with your own OS, like Lineage OS. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the best decision, unless there's like hardware switch in there that's doing the transmissions. You you want that to be something that you're very familiar with. Uh, it says the FBI sales pitch to alleged criminals was that these devices were secretly, or I'm sorry, security-focused devices, so please use them to document your illegal activities. And that involved a, a lot more security theater. A pin-scrambling feature would swap around the order of the lock screen uh, so that no one could guess your code from your screen smudges. So instead of it being, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever, mm-hmm. it would be like Smart one, four, blah, blah, blah. Actually, that's not a bad feature to have on a phone. Um, two different interfaces would launch depending on what pin you typed in on the lock screen. Pin one would show a bunch of popular but non-functional apps like Tinder, Instagram, Facebook, Netflix, Candy Crush. Presumably, presumably, this was meant to fool any third parties from checking out your phone. And the second pin would enter what was supposed to be the secure section of the phone, showing three apps, a clock, calculator, and the settings. From there, the calculator app actually opened a login screen to Anom, which targets uh, were told was secure, encrypted way to chat. This was basically the smartphone equivalent of a fake uh, book triggering a bookshelf to slide over revealing a secret passage. It's so secret, it has to be secure. Uh, so, yeah. Maybe uh, don't buy an Anom phone. <laughs> yeah. It's so silly. If, like, If you're doing anything nefarious and you need a IT solution to accomplish those goals, don't outsource your security. Just do what everyone else does and get, does and get a track phone. Or do all of your illicit means on Snapchat. Jeez. Uh, I think WhatsApp's supposed to be secure. Uh, I think Snapchat is not supposed to be secure. Uh, and there's a few other secure ones that you can use. Uh, but honestly, don't do illegal activities. And if you are going to do do activities, yeah, don't do illegal activities. And if you are going to do illegal activities, maybe don't document them on a phone. No matter what phone you get, no matter how secure, there's always going to be some sort of trail they can find you on. Um, well, so, only if you leave a trail. Yeah, and that's why you don't leave a trail. You do everything in person uh, and talk to people physically if you're going to be doing illegal activities. Silly people. Anyway, we're going to move on. Uh, and here's another phone story that we have to talk about. Uh did you know that China is is a communist country? I was aware of that, yes. And they're very authoritative. For uh, this one some from strange reason. Yeah. This one for Ars Technica says dozens of Chinese phone games now require facial scans to play at night. It's called uh it said after a 2018 test, Midnight Patrol system officially rolls out to 20, I'm sorry, 60 Tencent games, uh, which Tencent is the people who make League of Legends, right? Oh, well, Riot's the, the people who make League of Legends, but Tencent owns Riot. But Tencent Riot. owns Riot, yeah. Yeah. Um, it says 
In all the affected games, once a gameplay session during the nation's officially gaming curfew hours, so the, the official hours are 8 p.m. to, or I'm sorry, 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. Once, uh, once a gameplay session during exceeds an unspecified amount of time, the game in question will be interrupted by a prompt to scan the user's face. Should an adult fail the test for any reason, Tencent makes it too bad, so sad attitude clear in this announcement. Users can try to play the game again the next day. So basically, if you, you'll get to get your face scan. If it determines you're too young, it decides to stop letting you play the game. Uh, this week's this week's change doubles down on the limited facial scan system implemented by Tencent Chinese version of Honor of Kings in 2018. Since that rollout. We've yet to hear exactly how the system works. Does it determine the user's age based on facial highlights? Does it cross-reference existing facial data and possibly leverage any of its home nation public facial scanning systems? Tencent has not clarified any of the Midnight Patrol's technical details. Additionally, parents can now turn on a facial recognition system that checks specifically for approved parents' faces before allowing gameplay to unlock Though it's unclear why a parent would elect to do this instead of turning on something like a password or pin system. So, basically, uh, there's two things here. We already mentioned the one that basically says, if you're too young or you don't match this record or whatever, we're going to not allow you to play the game until tomorrow. And the other one is a parental lock where if a kid is in the phone doing something and they try to play a game it will require your parents face before you're able to play it which honestly i don't quite like this in general but i actually that second one with the parental lock having it as an option i actually don't mind that one uh i do think that having a game in curfew is stupid uh, uh what are, yeah a little bit uh, for but for the parental guidance thing, I actually don't mind that because if what if, um, you gave your kid something like they're like, hey, I need to look up this answer for a test or for like a homework or something like that, and so they grab the phone and they're on Chrome or whatever, and they look up the answer, but then they're like, ah, I'm gonna play a game, like that would stop them from immediately being able to play that game, and so I don't quite have a problem with that. Uh, especially since like my nephew once charged like over $40 in a day on my sister's, uh, phone by playing games, by playing mobile games. Was a dumbass. Yeah, he's a dummy. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? I think that the biggest eyebrow raiser here I'm seeing here is that the nation has an official gaming curfew hour. Is that for everyone or is that just for babbies? Uh, I want to say it's for babbies. Let's, uh, there's a link here we can click on. Uh, yeah, China fears young people are addicted to video games. Now it's imposing a curfew. So it looks like it's for babbies. Does um, it say an age? How, is, how young is young people? Uh, curfew measures aimed at curbing game addiction. Mostly Tencent games oh, so under the new like rules. Just keeping eight-year-olds from playing Candy Crush or something like that. I, I, it's weird that the government's doing it, but it's not that big of a deal. If it's okay. like 
So it I'm says 18 here, years old and I can't play a, a mobile app while I'm working my night shift waiting for people to come into to whatever the Chinese equivalent of 7-Eleven is. Yeah, it says That's here, weird. That's weird. Under, the, under the new rules, gamers aged under 18 will be banned from playing online games between 10 p.m. and 8, p. 8 a.m. on weekdays. Minors can only play uh, for 90 minutes while they may play up to three hours per day on weekends and public holidays. So not only is there a curfew where if you're this age, you cannot play games at nighttime, um, you can only play for 90 minutes a day on weekdays and then up to three hours per day on weekends. Oof. would get like a mannequin head of an adult Chinese male. And it would go like, beep, facial scan initiated. And I would just like duck my head to the side and hold that up. Mm-hmm. Can't beat me. Can't, can't get me Chinese government. Yeah, it says the guidelines also place restrictions on the amount of money minors can transfer to their online gaming accounts. Gamers between 8 and 16, year old, 16 years old can only top off at about $30 a month. While the maximum amount for those between that's thirty American dollars, about two hundred yuan. yuan. Um, while the maximum amount for gamers between sixteen and eighteen will be four hundred yuan, one, which is fifty-seven dollars. I don't like these restrictions. I mean, you of know course, what I do. I do want to just point out a elephant in the room that I'm noticing here. It seems to me that the Government has gotten interested to a point enough to identify, hey, we have a country full of people, and many of them are even minors, who we've decided it's okay to put slot machines in their pockets. They, they, they don't have an issue with everyone having a slot machine, because you sure do generate a lot of money passively doing that. But they want to limit, you know, the responsibility of those doing that, it seems like. The issue I... isn't addiction. The issue is we want to keep people gambling when yeah. they're in their free time i this is obviously coming from an american standpoint which both of us are uh apparently we're communists uh according to you know republicans but realistically we're not and i still support you know making your own decisions on stuff like this uh so i think that this is not necessarily good because like you and I played games for well over three hours a day when we were that age, 90 yeah. minutes, well over 90 minutes a day, way over 90 minutes a day. Uh, I was basically raised by my computer. Yeah. And, and look how I turned out. Yeah. We turned out fine. We're fine. But I, I don't mind having the restrictions if the parents were able to decide for themselves whether those restrictions were in place. And I, I think, think that... the government knows what's best. Yeah, I don't think the government should be able to decide what you do on your free time. And this is just too much control. Uh, and, I, I, and I think there should be some sort of revolt or something like that. Ah, ah well, who, who knows? Um, I do know Taiwan's a country. You know that? You know Taiwan's a country? Uh, yeah. Yeah, good times. So you uh identify that. Yeah. I don't uh I don't like it. 
I don't like these 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 curfew violate or these curfew. I definitely don't like the facial scan stuff. I think that is yeah, it's a little creepy. That's it's a, a little creepy. That's a bit too much, and I would be very not happy about that if that happened in the United States. So uh, hopefully they they learn the error of their ways, but they won't. They're China. They 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 do what they want, and they'll probably get away with it. So anyway, uh, don't be a minor in China trying to play video games. That's my that's my uh my rule for the day. Don't anyway. purchase devices that were commissioned by the FBI and like the Australian ATF. Oh, that's just hilarious. Stuff. I know it's bad, but that's also hilarious. Um cuz like it's it's such a I I know we're going back a story, but that's such an obvious that's a thing. Pot, I agree. Yeah, like And and us who know what we're thinking about when it comes to information technology i i think that maybe is the difference that makes us go oh that's a big red flag yeah oh you shouldn't do that man that's a, that's a bad idea bro but i would if you yeah. don't know and someone says hey snapchat's totally secure do whatever and hey someone said it was secure what right. happened what happened so anyway uh that's that's basically it for today uh i want to say thank you for being here cyberpunk monk that was all you had. Yeah, uh, Aroa is looking at a rabbit. That's that's why he missed this week. He's looking at a rabbit. Not even at a store. He's just like out in the wilderness with mud covered over him with a spear. Yeah, no, apparently he's meeting with a lady to... Because she is getting rid of a rabbit. And they were having like a play date with... Aroa's rabbit and the new rabbit to make sure that they get along and the other rabbit doesn't mm-hmm. try to attack Aroa's rabbit. Um, and then if if that's good, then they're going to adopt a new rabbit. However, uh, there were some issues, from what I understand, and the lady was late. And so because of that, he, he wasn't able to make it this week because the, the other lady was running late. But I do want to thank you for being here, and we will be back next week talking about more, potentially more exciting, news stories. Thank you for being here. Goodbye. Tune in next week when I have another miniature addiction to cripple myself with yet again. <laughs>